Welcome to Glass Talk, Canada's podcast for the architectural glass industry. Now here's your host, Patrick Flannery. Today we speak with Zaina Gordon. She's the executive director of the Fenestration Association of BC, also executive director of the Canadian Glass Association. Zaina is uh, a well-known figure in the industry. She's probably the longest serving association person or close to it in the Canadian glass and glazing industry. She was executive director of the Canadian Glass Association for a long time. She was uh, formerly the executive director of the Glazing Contractors Association of BC before they amalgamated with the Canadian Window and Door Manufacturers Association of BC to form Fenestration BC. And Zaina and I had a really good conversation about uh, what the association is is doing these days, what the market conditions uh, are like in British Columbia. We talked about training. We talked about the standards and codes, the step codes, uh, the challenges that those are posing and the opportunities that are there for them. And we talked about the need or the lack thereof for a, well, Zane is very much feeling that there's a need for a, uh, for a national association for the commercial glazing industry uh, across Canada. And, and we, we had some uh, good uh, conversations about that and what such a body as that might do and uh, what kind of benefits it might bring. So please uh, enjoy our conversation with uh, Zaina Gordon from Fenestration BC. How are you doing, Zaina? I'm doing well, Patrick. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to talk to you today. We've got, um, oh, we have lots to talk about, but uh, I, you know, I think the idea here is we, we, we just want to get into the association and take a look at the landscape at, in BC, which you're obviously fantastically positioned to tell us all about. Uh, so uh, why, why don't you just why don't we just start with uh, with the big view of the association right now, Zena? What's what's happening? Uh, what what are you guys uh, working on, and uh, and and what's Fenestration BC all about today? Well, all about today. Well, it's a big question because <laughs> yeah. it's just a little question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Start with the big one first, huh? Well, there are a lot of things going on, BC, as you know, and it seems to have been a bit of a reverse. Generally speaking, most things start for regulations and codes in central BC, and then they eventually roll their way out to BC. But um, for this particular time frame, it seems like everybody, everything's being tried and tested here in BC and rolling eastward. So, you know, currently, you know, from Fenestration BC's uh, perspective, we represent window and door manufacturers, commercial glaziers, some installers in the residential industry. Of course, all the commercial glaziers are installers um, so that we do represent the majority of them and certainly the largest of them. We have about 88 members and uh, it's a nice even spread between part nine, part three, part five. So it's a commercial, residential and associate members. There, uh, you know, FMBC tries to ensure that we keep our members up to date and in some cases uh, get them information that isn't necessarily of public at that, at that particular time. So they're more prepared for anything that's coming down, in particular with the government and regulations and codes and standards. And 
So we try to get them in at the, at the beginning of the development of those codes and standards. So there's an opportunity to stop any error, errors from happening or policies being developed before the government has time to really understand the impact that it's going to have in the industry. That's what we try really hard to do here in BC. Uh, and also reaching out to Alberta as well. Not so much with the commercial side, because the commercial side is very well represented in uh, Alberta, but the residential side doesn't have much representation. Mm -hmm. So we work hard at also trying to ensure that the, um, our neighbors are well informed. I could go on forever about what yeah, we do. <laughs> I know there's, there's really no, there's really no end to it. I, I, I know you guys have a, have a really full agenda these days. I, I want it, it, it's fascinating to me that what you, what you started out talking about there is about how everything emanates from BC now. Yeah. <laughs> like it looks, it looks like the, it looks like the national, you know, the, the national codes uh, are, are going to follow the BC step code probably, uh, you know, I mean, why is that, why is that happening? Because I think, the, I think, the, well, you know, I'd like to say it's because of all our influence, but, you know, of course it's not. I, I think what happened with this particular group that's developing those codes and regulations now actually took the time to reach out, to reach out to the industry to qualify the differences between residential and commercial installations and products. Whereas before they just assumed they were, they were exactly the same, whereas of course they're not. So they took the time to reach out. We developed relations with them. So it's a very uh, positive conversation. There's no hesitancy in, you know, BC uh, government officials reaching out, asking questions, inviting us to the table. And by us, I mean, you know, our industry, our technical committee and our education committee, which they're phenomenal. I, I, I don't think FAMBC would be where it was without the impact that those people have. And I the, noticed, yeah, I think I've noticed that is there, is there seems to be a, a, a much greater level of contact between uh, you guys and your government officials than, than we're able to achieve here in Ontario, for instance. We, we, we always seem to be on the outside looking in, hearing about things after they decided they want to do it. Um, you know, is it, is, it, is it them or is it you? I think it's mutual. You know, I'd like to, I mean, of course, I'd like to say it's, you know, because our technical committee is so brilliant that the government couldn't function without them. But it really is mutual. There is a mutual level of respect between them all. They, the government understands that they do have goals and the goals are extraordinarily lofty. And, but sometimes those goals can push in industry to be innovative. Right. And it can push them to look outside the box and see whether or not they're able to achieve something other than they ever thought they would. And then industry can balance government a little bit by saying, you know, okay, it's terrific that you want us to build this and this amazing energy efficient unit. And, you know, it, I know you don't really care if it costs us $10,000, but I have to ask you, is anybody going to buy it? Yeah. So, so that realization and that conversation, that honest, respectful conversation has grown in, in a very positive way here in BC. And the committees and government both have worked very hard at ensuring it stays that way. Well, you're, you're, you're fortunate there and, and, and kudos to, to you guys and your committees for being able to build up that kind of relationship. I, I think that, uh, I think that here in Ontario, there's, 
oh, there's residual hostility and suspicion uh, that uh, that sometimes gets in the way of a lot of this stuff. Uh, as you know, we had the we had the green on uh, fiasco out here. Where oh the, yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know it, this is something that happened with almost zero industry consultation. Um, you know, it was, a, it was frankly a political stunt, uh, you know, that the, the outgoing government, as it turned out, uh, uh, put on to, uh, to try to <laughs> stimulate uh, uh, window and door purchases. And boy, did it stimulate window, window purchases. My goodness, it, uh, it worked, uh, but it, it really strained uh, everybody to the, to the breaking point and, and the long-term effects are still being Anyways, that's, that's, us Ontario people complaining about our lack of ability to do what you guys. <laughs> well, polit- <laughs> politics is different, difficult. Yeah, you know, and it, it you know, and I've worked with many associations, and in a past association, also many years ago, we had a great relationship with government, and then the government changed, and we had a horrific relationship. Yeah. So you know, it's a difficult game to play in, and I. You know, you just hope that you're able to establish a long-term conversation between the two that doesn't go away when governments change. It's it's almost down to individuals sometimes, isn't it? I and I mean, yeah. it, it wasn't it wasn't always as smooth. I I take it in 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 BC because I remember oh six or seven years ago. All I ever heard were complaints about the, the patchwork of, <laughs> you know, the, the patchwork of regulations all over the place and how no one, no two municipalities were on the same page. I mean, I'm sure that hasn't been entirely cleared up, but I, I well, I guess let me ask you the question is, has, has this, has this NAFS business and NAFS compliance and, and, and it's, it's introduction to the code has, I guess the step code is basically wiping that out and smoothing that over. Would that be correct? It will. It that's the that's the goal. Yeah. But but it's you know again each jurisdiction has its own interpretation and their own set of uh, bylaws. In the case with the Vancouver city, uh, but what we're finding is because again we've reached out so much to other associations, in particular the Building Officials Association. We're members, um, so we reach out to them. And now what we're finding is that the inspectors are reaching back. And they're coming to us saying, okay, this is what's in the code. This is what I read the code to, to say. Is this, in fact, what industry is working towards? Is this the truth? And then my job when that comes to me is to ensure that that person is then directed to the technical committee to actually get input on the interpretation of the code as it pertains to the particular jurisdiction that person is in. So we're finding because we're being very smart about the associations we belong to and we partner with, that um, those association members are then reaching back to us to clarify situations or questions. And that, again, because of the, the resources that our technical committee provide, it's, it's an extraordinary partnership. And it's one we worked hard to get to, and now that we're here, I think ourselves, FENBC, and the other associations are feeling the benefits. Hmm. Take me into another area where where um, things that might have been bumpy in the past seem to have seem to have smoothed out. Um, you guys merged, uh, obviously, the Glazing Contractors Association of BC, which was the commercial side, uh, with what was the uh, Window and Door Manufacturers Association of BC, I believe. 
Yeah. Um, and 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 so you you put residential and commercial uh, together, and I think the only other place that happens in the country is in Quebec uh, with the ABFQ. Right. Uh, uh, how how has uh, how has that gone and 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 what are the uh, are, are are there differences you have to navigate between the two sides there? Yes. Yeah. The short version is yes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. They are com- they are completely different and yet they are very similar. Right. I mean, there are certain parts of what they do that you know they deal with certain different entities, different uh, contractors, different issues that they have to, but they also have a lot of similar issues. You know, and recognizing what those issues are and supporting them um, was difficult to navigate at first. Mm -hmm. But now we're seeing a lot more of that navigation becoming smoother, respectful. Um, Our conferences, we make sure that we have two specific streamlines. So we have one that's specific to residential, one that's specific to commercial. Our keynotes always have to speak to both industries. So our keynote co-talkers will deal with issues that are specific to both sides. Our keynote lunch, the same thing. And that's up to me and the technical and education committee to ensure that those, those parameters are met in each area. But what we're finding though too, is there's a lot of crossover happening. A lot of uh, manufacturers are now, you know, manufacturing curtain wall systems. Yeah. There are a lot of uh, commercial contractors who are installing more uh, curtain wall systems in high-end residential homes. So we're seeing a lot more of small crossover, but a lot of crossover. As and we're finding that each with each event, the persons who attend are far more understanding and uh, open to the conversation between both sectors. Yeah. It's, so, it's true, isn't it? I, I, I... You know, I, I, what what would be your best guess? I, I'm always trying to estimate what what the what the crossover is. If you had to guess, what percentage of people who, let's say, make residential window and doors also do some commercial? What 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 do you think that what do you think the percentage is? Had to take? I would I would say about twenty five percent. Right. Yeah. That that sounds about right. I I, yeah. I think I think you're probably right, and it's it's probably the same out here. Yeah. Uh, well, it's it's. Uh, and I think it's going to grow um, because, um, you know, I, I see a lot of people doing a lot of aluminum guys um, are now able to achieve fairly close to the energy standards that they need on uh, residential aluminum frames uh, with some of the fill. And now they're still more expensive by the time they're done, but they're able to get there. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and so that, you know, th- this gives them opportunities in the other world. And I, I think, uh, I think there's, I think we could be seeing more before we see less. Well, and that's where I think sometimes, although, you know, you push back against government who's asking you to achieve certain goals, Mm -hmm. but sometimes when you push innovation can be extraordinarily creative and can uh, bring about changes that are expensive to begin with. But once they're completed and once they're tried and true, they balance out. I've, I've, uh, yeah. And you know, I mean, it's, I've been, I've been saying um, ever since a lot of this started, I mean, on, on one hand you want the you want the governments to, 
to definitely do their consultations and understanding what they're asking for. Um, but on the, on, on the other hand, the, the industry shouldn't be too resistant because let's face it, there's an opportunity here to make an enormous amount of money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if everybody's going to start selling triples, uh, well, <laughs> you know, you can charge more, <laughs> you know, well, you can't, but I, I think too, you know, with that innovation has to, has to come caution and it also has to recognize that there's not just one component. It's not just a unit. It's yeah. one unit. And how is that unit installed? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one thing that from the commercial perspective, uh, qualified install installers has always been important. I mean, they have the Red Seal program, they have journey persons on site, apprentices, government support apprentices through grants and tax rebates. Uh, so there's all this support mechanism there for a Red Seal certified uh, commercial glacier, but there's no support out there from government side when it comes to a residential window installer. And that's, you know, one thing we've been working fairly hard on. And I know a lot, I know Fenestration Canada is working on, you know, an installer program. I know there's a lot of other um, persons that I've been talking to about residential window and door installer programs. And here in BC, we, um, we have an opportunity with a... I, I hate to bash government at this particular time, but the government and utilities have a very weak, for lack of a better word, rebate program for uh, anybody who wants to do replacement windows. It's unfortunate that they, the rebate is so low, but at least it is a rebate. At least it is some money back for, for people that are looking at doing replacement window systems. But what we're pushing for is that you can't ask somebody to do uh, replace all their windows without ensuring that they're installed properly. Uh, you need somebody qualified to cut your hair for crying out yeah. loud. Yeah. Why don't you need somebody qualified to install, you know, $40,000 worth of windows in your home? My hair cuts 35. It'll grow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. If somebody doesn't install my windows correctly, I got big problems. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's one of the, that's one of the maybe silver linings that came out of green on here. What was that? One of the requirements was that they be window wise uh, certified and um, that, that the installer be window-wise certified. And, uh, you know, SODAC just saw this huge, you know, fl flood of, of, of applications, obviously. Uh, again, unfortunately, it all happened in such a rush that not everyone was able to get it, you know, when they needed it. And, and, and there were questions about whether the people were actually qualified and, and so on and so forth. But it, it you know, it, it did at least drive awareness and, 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 and some uptake of, of, of that program again. But yeah, the getting traction on these installer certifications is, uh, has proven to be incredibly difficult. I, I, I don't know. Um, I, what, what's your theory on, 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 and, and I guess, and I guess what, what would a solution look like? Uh, well, for me or for FMBC's perspective is something that is, well, two things when it, First of all, you have to look at what the requirements will be 
develop a curriculum, develop a testing mechanism, uh, then the testing mechanism has to be both theoretical and practical. I don't think you can just do a theoretical test and ensure that a window is installed correctly. There has to be a practical component. Yeah. But in the when you're looking at uh, the commercial glazing programming, that's three levels of training, six weeks for each level. Um, I think you have to have 6,400 hours in order for you to then be a Red Seal journey person glazier. Yeah. From the residential side of things, I I don't think it needs to be that comprehensive or that lengthy, although the installs can be complicated. Mm -hmm. There has to be a way to define it so that it's, or refine it so that it's not such a long commitment. And I, we are here working on a number of projects that I'm hoping within the next year or so, we can actually say we have a program where we can do this, we can test uh, theoretically, we can test pra practically, we can say this person is qualified, they have the number of hours in the field. Uh, I think hours in the field is extremely important. I don't think it can be minimal. I think it has to be anywhere between two and three years, but at least around that 3,500, 4,000 hour mark. Anything less than that, the, the person who's doing it could be pushing the broom in the warehouse. You yeah. know, we have no way of knowing that they physically installed these window systems. Yeah. So, you know, working hard on getting that here in BC, mainly to complement the rebate program that's going on. And also, we have an opportunity to have it included in, um, in some specifications in oh, some bidding opportunities, working with builders and developers to try to make sure that this is a requirement, that these window systems are installed by a qualified person. This is the person or the, the organization who qualified them and certified them. This is what their standard is. So we're hoping that within by the end of 2020, we will have that program ready to go. And, and Zena, you're you're saying this from the from the perspective of someone who's leading an industry association. I, I feel like if if someone in Ontario came forward and said um, we want to require, well, essentially what it, it is what happened with Green on to some extent. But if someone came so forward, we want to require that residential windows are, are put in by a qualified installer, and and you know it was the government saying this or it was some kind of regulation saying this. There'd be absolute howls. From the from the from the business owners about 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 having to do that. I, obviously, that's not the feeling there. No, I don't think it is. I mean, some business owners may, you know, some business owners may kick back and say, "Well, wait a minute," but you know, it's one of the things that I have noticed: the difference between a commercial glazer and the window and door manufacturer. Mm -hmm. Commercial glazer wants a high standard of install. The window and door manufacturer just wants to make a good unit. Yeah. And they want to make sure that that unit meets all the requirements. After the unit leaves, then it's a warranty issue. Right. So there's never really been that great a concern, nor the need to have that standard raised. The commercial glazier has raised it. So now the residential situation has to raise that standard. They have to set the standard. This is what 
we require for an install. And, you know, like I said, there's one program here that does an excellent job at educating builders about um, installs of residential systems, mainly in new construction, not in replacement. And this group has been able to point out to builders, you know, okay, come on in, you install this window the way you think you, you go ahead, you do it. And then I'm going to test it and I'm going to show you it didn't work. Really? <laughs> so now we're going to install the window the way I tell you you're supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. And they do that and they're able to prove this. See, look, it, it worked. It's not leaking. You've got no issues. And we've done the test at way higher than what is required. Huh. So this group has been able to establish a very strong reputation on the appropriate way to do installs, but again, just in new construction, not in replacement. So, so help me and forgive my ignorance here. Your, your rebate program in BC presently is offered on uh, replacement windows. Right. And, and there's some requirement in there to get the rebate of having a qualified installer do it. No, not, not, not yet. No, okay. No, it's it's just it, you have to make sure that it's uh, it meets the standard, meets the Energy Star rating. I think right. it is the so and the standard within any of the bylaws that are stated. So so you can have a like, have a lovely window put in wrong, and it's doing nothing for your energy efficiency. But yeah, you still get your rebate. Yeah. So now we're we're working we're working hard to say no 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 no. Yeah. I mean, you even look at, uh, you know, the HVAC systems, roofing systems, anything like that has to be installed by a qualified person. For sure. Um, what, what are BC's rules on the, on the, on the commercial side? Because, I mean, here in Ontario, you don't have to have, you don't have to have any, any particular qualifications at all. It's not a mandatory trade. No. Um, are, are, are you guys different? I don't think so, right? No, we're not. You will see some. There are some specs that are coming out saying you have to be a member of FMBC. Okay. And, oh, by, really? and some of that is actually good because of the commercial glazier comes. And typically, we, uh, one of the questions we ask them is how many journey persons do you have? Mm-hmm. You know, how many, and do you have any apprentices? And then, you know, we encourage them to make sure their apprentices are constantly up to date. It's another thing that we're working on is developing journey person upgrading. I know the union out here, IUPAT or the Finishing Trades Institute of BC, they offer journey person upgrading, but it's been solely supported financially by the union. So, of course, it's only available to union members, which I totally understand. They did all the financing but we're looking at developing our own upgrading for journey persons because you have a lot of red seal guys that have been out or women that have been out there for a long time uh, and just need to upgrade their techniques and their understanding a little bit yeah 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 well there's there's definitely opportunities there Zaina, i i know i know you're doing your best and as the past executive director of the of the canadian glass association you, you've been you know doing your best to, 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 to keep this thing alive, you know, but we, we just don't have really a functioning uh, uh, commercial glazing association nationally right now in Canada. And I want your perspective on how we can, and it, it's painful to me because we've tried to support it in the magazine and uh, you know, it, 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 it just seems like something we don't get a lot of uptake on. It, it, is there something that, 
needs to happen here? Do we need a national glass association for the, for the commercial contractors? I, I do believe we do, because I think we need to have that conversation at the national building code level, because as you know, I mean, everything starts with the NBC and then it rolls out to the provinces and they do or they don't incorporate some of it or they augment it to fit whatever they're looking for. But you still have a premise of a beginning and you still have that conversation that needs to occur. And so at the national building code level, I do think we need to have that conversation and have some involvement. Also, uh, there were a couple of years ago, I hate to misquote something, but uh, the Trudeau government gave $18 million, I think it was, of federal funding for union schools to develop their trade schools, their equipment, their materials, all of that. And it, this irritated me because we were in the sort of in the middle of our uh, our training providing of uh, red seal glazing mm -hmm. and we were struggling for funds but there was no way I could apply for those funds because I wasn't a union school so I think we need that voice for the non-union commercial glazier and the union glazier but as a as a as a federal voice I do believe we need that the yeah, the problem well the pro the problem seems to come in when i when i really look realistically at the commercial glazier commercial glazing contractor owner manager product manager estimator typically it's the same person so now i i ask this person okay i need you to volunteer your time to sit on a committee and they say, okay, I'll see what hour I can find in 2025. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, there, there, whereas a, a manufacturer, you know, has an owner, a manager, a shop guy, foreman, general manager, IT guy. So, they, they may have their, their upper management. It could be, you know, anywhere from five to a dozen people. So it's a little bit easier for them to put in a bit volunteer dime where the commercial glacier doesn't necessarily have that unless they're an extraordinarily large company. Hmm. That's a good point. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I mean, I've, I've seen the, uh, I mean, we just had, and I've got a story coming out in the magazine. Um, you know, the, uh, uh, the trade tribunal just made a, another decision on Chinese curtain wall, which was fine. It went the right way. Um, but uh, there was, you know, and and there was a there was a a great group of uh, of mostly fabricators, but but you know contractor fabricators as well, uh, in there at at that meeting, and you know I looked at that group and I and I went, geez, you know there there's your national association, you know right there if, if yeah if you could you know if you could just get everybody to uh, to, to to come together, and um and well the and, interesting you know, thing is that. That's like management 101. If you want to bring a group together, you create a common enemy. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And they, <laughs> that, that definitely focused everybody. Yeah, that's right. The Chinese yeah. people focused everybody's attention, that's for sure. And, and, but you know that, that so I, I mean, the common, not enemy, but the, the common target, right? But right. All of this change that, that, that we see coming with the regulations and the energy regulations and, and you know, Come on, commercial guys. Let's let's get out there and make sure we're talking to the NBC in one voice, not you know, right, Susie, and uh, and 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 really uh, really get that message across. So, well, anyways, it, 
it, it's a it's a it's a it's a hobby horse of mine and uh you know everybody listening to this call zayna about the cga involved <laughs> yeah please do because <laughs> yeah. you know I, I let the the glazing apprenticeship training program go kicking and screaming i mm-hmm. i fought i did everything i could and so did another group of people it wasn't just me i shouldn't just say i i because it wasn't there were a number of people that were fighting just as hard yeah. but we weren't able to, you know to keep it going so um, Right now, uh, we're not. I'm not going to let CGA go and yeah. uh, kick and scream up the door. Yeah, we'll kick and screaming, yeah. So, and I have had some conversations with um, with the beginning of the new FGIA. So, I'm hoping that we can partner with them a little bit as well, and looking at what the issues are from a North American standard. Well, and that's it. That's interesting, isn't it? Because I mean, yeah. there they are. IGMA and AMA have gotten together. Uh, uh, FGIA, um, they're they're uh, at least IGMA, mostly populated by fabricators uh, traditionally, obviously. Um, but uh, AMA is 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 on the contractor side, but they've been mostly residential, right? In the United States. So there's, there's, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see that direction that that goes in. Uh, whereas the CGA was, you know, definitely rooted in the contractor element, right? I mean, right. That, that was, that was who that, that association uh, was serving. Um, and, and uh, so I don't know, maybe there's, maybe there's some synergy there. I, I yeah, and we're, we're going to keep trying. We're going to keep the communications open. And like you said, anybody who's interested, give me a shout. Uh, I'm open to the conversation, ideas. Yeah. You know, this, uh, it can morph into anything that it needs to be in order to serve the industry the best. Yeah, national national mission, uh, you know, for sure is, is there's an opportunity there because, you know, the, the CGA is an actual association. It's, it's, it's the papers are filed. Yeah. Uh, it's a real thing. Uh, it hasn't gone anywhere, uh, you know, so calls in. You know, and, well, and just to kind of, you know, yeah. salute salute a few people. I mean, it's guys like Brent Harder at Ferguson right. and David Vidots at uh, RDH who are working hard with me as well, yeah. you know, to and David Langdon from Competition. Yeah, you know, just working hard at getting the voice out there and letting everybody know that we're we're still trying to have that national voice. Fantastic. Um, what haven't we covered, Zaina? <laughs> One uh, other thing: yes. glazing specifications manual, the glazing ah. system specification manual. Yes. Uh, Morrison Hirschfield is working on it. Uh, we hope to have that out fairly soon. So um, keep your eyes and ears open for that. We will be doing that. FenBC is also working on a number of, co- of podcasts. We're going to be interviewing a number of our technical committee members, our members, period, just to get a wide uh, spread of opinions and ideas and just communicate what's going on in BC from a membership perspective. Oh, fantastic. And that, and that'll be the technical discussion that we're not going to have here. You got that one, right? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, Zeta, this is, this, this has been great. Um, I, uh, I, I want to circle back and uh, we'll, we'll do this again, maybe later in 2020 uh, and, uh, and get it, get another update from uh, the left coast there. And uh, we're always uh, we're we're always here uh, to 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 work with you guys whenever possible. So thanks very much for joining me today. 
That's great. And thank you very much for having this conversation with me. We've been joined here by Zena Gordon from uh, Fenestration Association of BC. Uh, that website again is fen-bc.org. Thanks very much for joining us today for a Fenestration Conversation. Thanks for listening to Glass Talk. You can find this episode at glasscanadamag.com or on the major podcasting services. Glass Talk is a presentation of Glass Canada Magazine and Annex Business Media. Music